Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight uh for some reason uh, i do i do my my headphones are back i'm back scott strandy joining you live from scottsdale arizona tonight my co-host as always stephen marsh joining me from somewhere in nevada stephen where in the world are you (laughs) uh well i am about an hour north of uh, las vegas in a town called mesquite nevada at the beautiful casablanca resort and uh, taking a little staycation for a couple of days, but still doing some work, obviously, joining you here for our Wednesday night show. But, uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome, awesome. Obviously, I'm paying you way too much if you can go to Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, uh, our talk of uh, ACHA hockey in the Southwest. And if anybody's looked at my little map, I guess only a few people have seen it, but I've expanded my map from basically the Pacific Ocean all the way to the Mississippi River and from maybe the Uh, southern border of Nebraska, down, across. Uh, We're taking over. My version of the Southwest is getting larger, Stephen. It reminds me of that that song that you you sing from – from the hills of California to the deep blue sea, whatever it is, you know, where you go (laughs) to the hills. Yeah, I I hear you. It's getting wider. It's getting bigger. And we're going to jump right in with our guest tonight because – um, there's no reason to keep Chris Perry waiting. When he's the commissioner of the WCHL, the Western Collegiate Hockey League, we need to get him on and start talking some things. Because I don't think we've talked since the uh, ACHA D1 National Tournament. So without further ado, Chris, Scott, and Stephen with you tonight. How are you? I'm doing okay. Hopefully you guys can hear me this wow! time. Wow, we can hear him on the, without <laughs> using the phone. This is, this is, a, mad, this is a, a miracle we have in our midst here. It's all because you're at the Church of Casablanca, Stephen. Because you're up there, the Holy See has come through for us. That must be it. That must be it. That's right. Two more miracles, and I'll be a saint. Uh, I love it. A Maryville saint? Uh, I doubt that. I doubt that very much. But a nice tie-in, all the same. Or a New, or a New Orleans saint. A New Orleans saints in the NFL. Oh boy, look at you, Stephen. I love it that you're on vacation. You know, it's uh, 
and that you're staying at a, at a sexy place called Casablanca. <laughs> Only you can find Casablanca in Nevada. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. As you drive it, as you drive out of Las Vegas, as you drive towards Utah, there's this town called Mesquite. There's a couple of properties out here, and it's uh, it's not a bad place. It's kind of got an old Vegas feel a little bit. Kind of they advertise like where what Vegas used to be or whatever. It's kind of have that 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 vibe, and uh, it's it's good. The rooms are reasonably priced during the week, so just a couple of days down here. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Very very nice. So Chris, get this. He gets to go to Casablanca. Um, I went on a 7,662-mile trip uh, from April 5th to May 5th to watch hockey games and to brand us as best I could. Um, yep. I called you a couple of times or texted you as well on, on the road, uh, ran into one of your uh, state troopers from the great state of Oklahoma, had to check me out because I was following too closely. <laughs> I apologize. He was probably... Probably just wanted to give you a proper welcome here to the great state of Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I'm sure he probably left his name and number on a piece of paper for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. No ticket, no ticket, just a little pat on the back. He wanted to know if he could search my car because it had a Nevada license plate on it. Nevada yeah, probably, license plate probably, on it. Pr probably thought you were coming from Casablanca, huh? He's looking at <laughs> shady characters. <laughs> he, may have, <laughs> he may have thought that. Um, so anyway, you and I haven't had a chance to talk since uh, somehow, some way – the uh, ACHA was able to pull off a national tournament in various locations. And all, all things being considered, uh, Chris, it sounds like everything went pretty well. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, considering it's a COVID season and, you know, what did we have? I think for men's division one, we had 28 out of 72 teams actually play games, whether that's, you know, from the fall all the way to the spring, or whether that's literally a weekend. West Virginia literally played the very last weekend of the season. They played two games in their conference playoff tournament. Um, so, yeah, to have a 16-team tournament uh, out of those 28 that got to play and to have a uh, as competitive as the, uh, as the tournament was at the men's Division One level, yeah, it sure seemed pretty nifty. It seemed like, uh, I mean, I know – Coach Hogan and um, the Maryville University folks there at the Maryville University Hockey Center put on a heck of a show, and uh, you know did uh, I, I, you know they they did the right thing in terms of uh, standing up and helping out the ACHA when it needed it, and uh, yeah crowned you know Adrian College uh, you know to be the champ you got to beat the champ and that's what they did they had to go through your Minot State Beavers and. Uh, uh, so it's uh, it was a good good tournament and i you know it was some great games you know i'll tell you uh and i'll let steven jump in with a question i promise uh he, he's not just going to kick back at casablanca uh <laughs> but anyway anyway um a, a number of good things happened chris but i had a chance to visit with craig barnett uh which was really fun i had a chance to visit with brian moran um and i'll tell you a quick story on that uh when i came in uh, Toppy Hogan took me into the little press area they had set up there, and he said, yeah, the place is yours. Just sit wherever you want. So I grabbed this table and chair, and next to me, and lo and behold, it was Brian Moran. I didn't know Brian. I've never met Brian, right? Yeah. So after the first game, I'm getting up to leave, and it's kind of in a – it was in a protected area but not totally protected. So I just reached over and handed him a card and introduced myself, and I said um, – you know, I'm going to step away for a minute and go down and take some pictures. Uh, would you mind just kind of glancing at my stuff every now and then? <laughs> and I had no idea. And he kind of looked at me like, 
who are you? <laughs> so, so after the whole six days is about done, um, I was bouncing around, and then uh, John Hogan uh, put me in a little room uh, with padded walls, and no, <laughs> but he put me in this little room in the back so I could, or in the front of the building, I guess, so I could conduct interviews and stuff, uh, which was nice. But anyway, at the end of the, the show, uh, or end of the week, roughly, Craig Barnett said, uh, after his interview, he goes, you got to get Brian. He said, you got to have Brian, too. So I, I was after him, after him, and I said, I don't even know who Brian is, really, but John introduced me to him, and I go, oh, so you're Brian. <laughs> yep. and, and he agreed to come on with me. Uh, the very last interview I did, I think, or second to last interview that, that night after the championship, that Tuesday night, and we had a great visit and a good laugh. So all in all, it was great. The second thing that I found out is that uh, every coach there thinks Greg Powers is uh, the next coming of God. Uh, <laughs> who's that? According to Greg Powers, right? <laughs> no, that was everybody. Uh, Kirk, I, Kirk Handy, uh, I didn't, hadn't met Kirk either. And uh, when when he saw me, he go he saw my uh, logo on my shirt and he said, I know who you are. And I'm going like, well, that's good because I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you're the guy from the Southwest that interviews Powers a lot. So there we go. We, we got the thing going. And then before he left his interview with me, he said, I got to take a selfie and send it to Greg. I'm going like, oh, great. Powers is going to love that. But I'm serious. <laughs> Everywhere I went on those 7,662 miles, not that I was counting or Enterprise was counting, um, but um, everywhere I went, the Southwest, the WCHL, Greg Powers, all of those names kept coming up. Whether it was at the U18 World Championship, I ran into several people there that were asking me about that. Uh, I ran into people at the Frozen Four, um, even up at uh, the BioSteel uh, All-Star Game in Michigan, they were asking. So uh, the growth of the WCHL and the growth of hockey in the Southwest has definitely taken off. It has. It has. And I, and I give Greg a hard time. Um, Greg is, is a great ambassador for hockey, not just in Arizona, not just for ASU, uh, and not just for the Southwest, but for in, in the college game. He's done it right. He's seen college hockey at all levels, and he's succeeded at all levels. And more importantly, Greg's just a nice guy. I mean, the people in Tucson might not agree with that, but he is. And he he he's 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 I, I call him Mr. Big Time because now he's gone into the belay. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't get he, he doesn't he's I mean, he's confident, but he's not arrogant. He's not, he's confident, but he's not cocky. He just knows what he has. And he'll tell you if he has a good team, he'll tell you if he has a, a great team, he'll tell you if he's got a team that's, you know, still trying to find itself. And, you know, Greg is a, nothing but a straight shooter. And um, I, I, I just add me to the chorus. I've, I still talk to Greg. Um, you know, he comes on my cheesy little podcast uh, every now and then, and he. And by uh, the way, that's not cheesy, and that continues to get bigger and bigger. By the way. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I appreciate that. He's, he's. I, I, I tell him. I said, dude, you're in the NCAA. Put the ACHA in the rearview mirror and don't look back. But he's constantly, constantly, even after he's on the road, you know, like he was on the road this whole season, and he's still texting me after ACHA games wanting to talk scores and what's happening here and what's happening there. 
he's uh, he's, he's just a great uh, ambassador for hockey. Uh, besides being a, a a a heck of a person and a great friend, and uh, can't I just you know if there's one thing I could say about Greg, it's or, or one regret. It's that I didn't get a koozie from the ASU championship season. Uh, in the ACHA, I know they had you know plenty of pictures made and plenty of eight by ten glossies, you know that kind of stuff made. But I also know that they had koozies, special ASU championship koozies made. And man, I was all over him for one of those, and he still hasn't come through for me. Um, so I give him I give him grief for that. But let's say let's so enough about Greg Powers. He's a great guy. Can't say enough good things about him. But how about you, Scott, landing the interview of not just the season, but probably of the decade for the ACHA? You landed Moby Dick because not even the ACHA can get an interview with Brian Moran on their website. And here you got, besides you getting to sit next to the great communicator himself, you got, to, <laughs> you got him on camera actually speaking. I mean, talk about a rarity. That's like seeing a white moose in the wilderness. That's like seeing the abominable snowman and Bigfoot at the same time, you know, playing chess out in the woods. You landed, I mean, that is the the, the get of all gets. So kudos to you and your perseverance. Well, like I said, I, it took me a little while. It took me till the very last, uh, second to the last interview. It was, uh, I think, Gary uh, from Adrian and... Um, and his MVP goaltender were my last two interviews, which, um, which was cool. But, but Brian and I got right before that, and, and after we broke the ice a little bit, we had a little fun talking, and, and hopefully we can do more of that. But it was the same thing with Craig Barnett, I'll tell you. Uh, we got done with the interview, and, and Craig didn't know what to expect, I don't think. And after about 15 minutes, um, when the interview was over with, he put his arm around me. He goes, hey, that was a great interview. Uh, I got to start watching what you're doing. <laughs> well, good, good, for, good. For, Craig, Greg is doing well, and he's 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 a great asset for the ACHA. You know, it's a little, um, you know, he's up against it because he's in a he's in a, a thankless gig right now, right? Because there's, especially in this pandemic, coming off of this pandemic season, he, you're never going to please everybody in the ACHA, and so he's just got a thankless gig. But nevertheless, he he perseveres. He promotes the heck out of the ACHA to the junior and the high school athletes as much as he possibly can. He, you know, uh, is is he's great with um, our peer organizations, if you will, in terms of USA Hockey and the junior leagues like the USHL and the North American League, and the you know it's all of their offshoots, the NA3, NAP. Uh, but he's also great with the NFL, uh, the NHL teams, and. Um, in terms of their front offices and when, especially when they're putting on college fairs and academic um, uh, outreach programs. So Craig's, uh, Craig is, I think, you know, Craig is probably one of the best things to happen to the ACHA in a long, long, long time. Doesn't get enough credit. He catches way too much flack. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Steven, uh, the, the fluff is over now. Steven's going to bring the daughter stuff. there. We'll have to get rid of her. So, um, uh, but, but Craig, Craig is, Craig is great. So I'm glad you got Craig too, but Craig is all, Craig is used to being in, in front of a camera. Brian though, holy smokes. I couldn't believe you got a hold of I, the great communicator himself, Brian Moran. Good for you. Okay. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Go well, ahead, Steven. Yes, yeah, Scott, you're getting all the big gets. And of course we've got Chris Perry, so that's a big get too, but, um, yeah, yeah right. 
let me ask you so that we just had the uh the, the meetings the annual meetings and those were done virtually um where, the, where they for the league um what 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 came out of that and what were some of the, the takeaways from that that you can share with us about um how the last season went you kind of hinted on that and maybe what the next season's looking like obviously it looks like things are going to be hopefully a, a normal normal season so maybe what you could just share from that Sure, sure, and, and I'll be honest with you, Stephen. I'm, uh, I, I had forgotten that that the uh, that the ACHA was putting on their presentations, um, so I didn't get the chance to see them live. Um, and I, in fact, they, they just did the financial one. I've only skimmed through the one that Craig Barnett put on at, at the beginning of May, and. Um, uh, I've, I've, I haven't even, I've barely skimmed the, the financial one that ACHA Treasurer Jim Martin just recently did this past Sunday. But for, from my understanding, it was more of a, uh, a recap of what went on. I, I, I focused more on the men's division one breakout meeting that happened. Um, and that was basically, you know, recapping the season um, and looking forward to this upcoming year. You know, we had 28 teams play, 16 went to nationals adrian was national champ the adrian goaltender was the mvp that sort of thing coach zombo was the uh from lindenwood was the coach of the year um they they announced uh, all americans second well i don't think i think they call it all athlete or something goofy like that they don't use all american for the is the name but they announced the acha player of the year and the um uh who I believe was still the Adrian goaltender and that the, uh, you know, the, the first, second team, that kind of stuff, which was, which was kind of nice. Um, and then they focused on, uh, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to come back full blast here in 21, 22. Um, we're down a team, I believe Cornell. I think we're down actually two teams. We had 72, um, this past season, and we're, I think we're down two. And Cornell is leaving. Uh, I think they're just getting rid of their ACHA Division One program altogether. Um, I don't want to – don't quote me on that, but that was – that's my understanding. And then Slippery Rock University has uh, uh, taken – they've imposed some restrictions on their own – on their own be uh, behalf – to their ACHA D1 program. And they've actually suspended that program, I believe, for, for the next four years. So due to some uh, alleged uh, hazing or other misdeeds that went against some university policy. So we're going to be down from 70 to 70, from 72 down to 70 teams. Um, but the intent is, Stephen, that we're, you know, most everybody's vaccinated or getting vaccinated. So, uh, uh, and, and schools are now requiring students when they come back for the most part uh, to show proof of vaccination. So I think we're going to be uh, all systems go for the fall, which is good news for us in terms of uh, what other, you know, big news came out. I think the, the biggest news that might've come out was the, uh, the ACHA is not sending a team to the winter world university games that will be held in Lucerne, Switzerland. Um, and that's uh, that decision was not made by the ACHA. That decision was made by USA Hockey. And um, so instead, the ACHA is going to put together a select team 
that will go compete in, I think it's Bernal, Russia, in mid-October, and it will go to uh, play in the 2021 Student Hockey Challenge against, I think it's, I believe it's five or seven other teams. I think the field is either six or eight, and it'll be comprised of a couple of teams from Russia, a couple of teams from uh, the Slovakian nations, um, and a couple of teams from uh, uh, Scandinavian countries and they'll play a, a tournament. They did this two years ago in 2019, and it was pretty with six teams, and it was very successful. And the ACHA sent a Division II team over there that I think finished fifth. And so this year, the ACHA is going to send a Division I team over there. Um, it's my understanding that the head coach of the University of Illinois, Nick Fabrini, is going to be the head coach for that team. And that it will, because it's not a USA Hockey um, event, but that it's an ACHA event, um, we're not restricted in terms of nationality. So all the Canadians, all the Europeans, if, if, if you're playing ACHA men's division one hockey, you're eligible to be on the team, no matter where you come from. It's not restricted in terms of nationality. So hopefully we'll get 22 really good players to go over to Russia and, uh, you know, have fun and, uh, take some names and bring back some, uh, a medal or two. So this this would be like the equivalent, like when you're trying to put together a team like this, uh, when you, when the season goes on, be like when pro leagues they have all star games where you have like you, you pick out some of the best of the best of each team. So how, what is the process like when you when you get a team like this together when to send to an event like this? Um, how, how does that work, kind of? Well, I I don't want to speak for Coach Fabrini because I don't I haven't talked to him and I don't necessarily know exactly what his process is going to be. For this particular team, but usually what you do, uh, Stephen, in a situation like this, it's it's a little bit of you pick them, but then it's also a little bit of um, a little bit of you got to test to see if the if the student athlete is also interested. We can't, the, you know, there's going to be a cost involved to the student athlete. It'll probably cost somewhere around two thousand dollars per athlete to you know go to Russia for eight days or so. Um, but you know, it'll be the experience of a lifetime, get to represent the, uh, the, uh, the ACHA, get to represent the United States basically in an international competition. And so, uh, you're, you're, yes, there's going to be typically what you, what you would do. And again, I'm not speaking for coach Fabrini. Um, he'll have his own process, but what I, what's happened in years past is you, you send out feelers to find out who is interested um, in going, and so you're going to get get a bunch of names that way. But you're also you also send out feelers to teams, and you say, "Hey, at UNLV, I want Stephen Marsh. Hey, at Arizona State, I'm interested to know if Scott Strandy's wanting to go. Hey, at Oklahoma, is Chris Perry would he be interested in going? Boy, that's and quite so, a line. That line will be unstoppable. <laughs> well, but yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So in in addition to basically taking job applications. Um, from, you know, a bunch of kids that want to go, you're also, you know, soliciting to say, I, I, I would like to see if this person has interest. And if they have interest, you follow up on it. Um, and if not, then you go back to the pool of job applicants, basically, and you find your best 22 out of there. Um, so it's going to be a mixture, I think, of, of that process, because um, I know in years past when they've done the Winter World University Games team, um, I know there have been some folks that were uh, that the ACHA was interested in in 
uh, having on the team, but the kid didn't have any interest in playing. The kid didn't want to miss, you know, two weeks of school. And the timing wasn't right because it was at the end. It, for those games, it was the end of January and middle of February. Um, and so it was kind of close to the end of the of our season. Uh, with this thing happening in October, it's not going to get in the way of nationals. Um, you know, you're not going to go get tired out, you know, doing a 10-day uh, jaunt to Russia and just, you know, tear your legs down to rubber. Um, so it's, uh, it, it has its benefits and it's earlier in the season. So hopefully we'll get some good, good players out of it. And hopefully the ACHA will be well represented in terms of, you know, some quality names and some quality players out of the men's division one ranks. Yeah, that's exciting stuff, Chris. I mean, uh, just the, the growth of the ACHA. And, um, if you haven't heard yet, um, I was so impressed with what I saw from your league, the uh, Western collegiate hockey league that, uh, I said this year, we're going to cover all your teams. We're just going to bring in the entire WCHL, put them in, oh try to do features every week, and, and get everybody involved because um, there's just so much uh, quality. And and I saw it from Missouri State. I saw it from Colorado. I saw it from Arizona State, UNLV, Utah. Everybody. Um, I'm getting my trips to Mesquite in now before with the ACHA season starts. <laughs> yeah, well, good. You know that that's the nice thing. At nationals, the best game of the of the tournament, in my opinion, and I'm biased, I'll admit it, but I thought the best dang game of the tournament was Missouri State versus Ohio. Yeah, you're you're very uh, very correct on it. I mean, it was. Um, I, I thought there were so many good games, and and Missouri State I thought showed really well considering the fact that they they were up against it like most teams, but they were able to get more games in obviously than a lot of teams, but. It just shows, and, and I can see what AJ is doing up in Utah now is trying to build a program that, that's competitive with everybody else. I can see what uh, what uh, Benny's doing at Colorado. Um, Coach Berman just keeps reloading. Uh, Anthony and, Grand in, uh, Canyon. And, and Grand Canyon, too. Yeah, and we had uh, Danny Roy on last week, and uh, Coach Berman told me before we had him on, he said, the scariest team in in the WCHL this year, in my opinion, is going to be Grand Canyon because yeah. we don't know how good they're going to be. We just know they've got a lot of talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that from a couple of other coaches that are looking at uh, the recruits that are going to GCU, and they're saying, wow. Um, you know, last year he announced everybody and their mother as a recruit coming to GCU, and he was fielding, filling up, you know, two teams. Um, but this year uh, people are taking notice that, the, the names that they're announcing as coming to GCU are high-quality players who are going to make an impact and going to make a difference immediately. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the west side of the Western Collegiate League, last year just stunk. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The pandemic just really and screwed how. it all up. It sure you know, did. It was our 30th season in the ACHA. We couldn't celebrate that. It was the first season for the Western Collegiate Hockey League, having 10 teams, two five-team divisions, couldn't celebrate or, or see anything with that. Last year just stunk. So this year I'm really looking forward to seeing 10 teams in action week in and week out. And look at that West Division on the on the Western Collegiate Hockey League. You got the defending conference champion, Arizona. Arizona State was right there. I mean, they, they were one of the last teams that bumped out for nationals going to Frisco. Um, they were, what, ranked, I think, 19th or 20th, something like that. Tate has it or had it going on. And I'm, and I'm sure, 
you know, heck, his goaltender got called up to Arizona State's big team this year, right? Bronson Moore. GCU is killing it recruiting-wise. Anthony and uh, Greener at Vegas has those guys rolling year in and year out. They're always going to nationals. And as you said, AJ's building, slowly building a, a quality program up there in Salt Lake. I mean, those are four heavy hitters. And then you've got Utah who's trying to become, or I should, there's three heavy hitters and two Utah and GCU that are on the way up. GCU looks a little bit more uh, advanced right now than Utah does, but you know, the proof will be in the pudding and that's just the West. Look over on the east side of the conference. You've got perennial favorite Central Oklahoma. You've got Jeremy Law up at Missouri State that's just reloading with kids coming out of St. Louis. Who knows what Oklahoma has, but they've they usually compete. They play hard. They're not they might not be flashy, they might not be showy. Um, but they are blue-collar, 60-minute, workaholic-type guys. They're hard to play against, and they li- they, they're physical. And then we've got the two unknowns up there at Colorado, in Colorado State. Uh, Coach Tallers, I'm convinced, is going to have uh, a good, a better team at CU this year than he had uh, two years ago. And, you know, CSU is in the middle of a transition. I think they're probably the, you know, the, the tail of that division right now. But that's... Uh, you know, I'm excited for them in the future because I've I've, I've had some talks recently with uh, Tito Moreno, who is their team president, about uh, you know a possible good coaching candidate. That's uh, I, 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 well, he's he might be interested in uh, returning to the ACHA and coaching. So, uh, and if they land who I think they're who who I'd like for them to land, holy smokes, better watch out for CSU. Not necessarily this year, but in. Uh, <laughs> in the next couple of years because he turned one WCHO program around and got him to nationals and got him top five, top 10 team. And uh, if he, if, if they get, if they get who I'm thinking of, um, see, they're going to be kicking butt and taking names up in Fort Collins. And that'll, uh, even though I'm sitting here in Norman, Oklahoma, and trust <laughs> me, I'm, I'm crimson and cream all the way. The interlocking OU is like tattooed on my soul. <laughs> The 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 green and gold of Colorado State has a place near and dear to my heart. I was and, just gonna uh, say, and there there are worse places to have to live in coach hockey than than uh, Fort Collins. Yeah, I've got a little girl who lives up there, and uh, I, I love to go visit. And I, I I want them to have nothing but success. And not that I'm not that I'm rooting for them any more than I'm rooting uh, for anybody else. I, but I. It, you know, there's a particular hurt when a team that you want to succeed isn't. And so I want them to succeed. And I think they're slowly getting on the path to success. So I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this upcoming season. And I'm glad that we're talking hockey. I'm glad that we're no longer talking about masks and vaccinations and pandemic and cancellations and all that other garbage we had to deal with this past season. Uh, totally agree, Stephen. I got to get one more follow up in on this one. But um, last week, uh, Chris uh, Grant Canyon and Danny Roy kind of let it out that uh, Oregon is stepping up their game and they're coming down here to play as a D two program to play Grand Canyon. UNLV just announced it today that they're going to play Oregon as well. Um, what are we seeing? What are you hearing? Is uh, is Oregon starting to make a push? Because I've talked to a lot of people in the uh, the LA area uh, with um, UCLA and USC and then down to San Diego. And 
Um, I, I keep telling them, you guys got to bump up the D1 so we can see what you guys have. But uh, you heard anything on those uh, lines that somebody might be trying to creep up to the next level? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I have. I've talked. I haven't talked personally with the guys from Oregon. I've talked with them via email. I have talked personally with the head coach at San Diego State. Uh, both San Diego State and Oregon are interested in moving up to men's division one. And they're interested in applying for membership in men's division one. And I've told both of them the same thing that I'm going to say, and it's not good news. Um, number one, the West, the Western Collegiate Hockey League isn't looking to expand. Um, not just yet. And we're not looking to add warm bodies just to, I mean, we just ran through 10 teams and I think we've got three killers on, on the, on the West side of the conference with a potential for four. And I think we've got three killers on the East side of the conference with the potential for four. And I think top to bottom 10 teams in our conference, I think we're the best conference in the ACHA. Now you can make an argument that the central States league with Lindenwood, Illinois, Iowa state and Ohio, and that other Roosevelt out of Chicago, the four out of those five teams are just killers. And that that conference is the best you can argue that, but it's, it's, it's always between the Western League and the Central States League. There's no other conference that's in the that's even in the conversation. And so, for those guys to want to move up to Men's Division One, I, I told them that there are certain criteria for moving up to Division One. And I'm not the end-all, be-all, and I'm sure not the. I, I, in fact, I don't even have a vote, but I know what it takes to move them up. I mean, I helped AJ move up. I helped CU and CSU moved up. I helped Missouri State and Arkansas move up. Um, so I kind of certainly helped Grand Canyon because they they did it yeah. as quickly as anybody I've ever seen. Well, and then that's that's just talking about the A conference. Never mind the B conference that I have, right? Where we got six teams to or five teams. To <laughs> oh, Hogan is just rolling over every time you say that. You know that. That's that's all right. <laughs> I, I say it, I say it with some love and affection just for John. <laughs> but the reality of it is. Being men's division one, having that label doesn't make anything magically happen, right? I told those guys at Oregon and I told the coach at San Diego State, you have to be, you have to be and act like men's division one before you even get that label. And what that means is you have to play division one teams. And not only do you have to play them, you have to beat them. You have to go to them and beat them, be competitive against them. At the Division II level, those teams, Oregon and San Diego State, and whoever else wants to move up to Division I, Texas A&M is another one I've heard rumors about, um, and East Texas Baptist University, which I think would be a joke. But um, anyways, those teams, they in order for them to move up to Division I, they have to show some, com some consistent competitiveness at the national level. And I'm not saying making, nat making regionals once every five years. I'm saying – going to nationals year in and year out. In other words, at the Division II level, that they have run the gauntlet and they're consistently one of the best teams in their respective divisions. And and, and that's on the ice to, to be to have quality and to have some competitiveness. Then we look at off the ice, how does your organization um, – uh, how does your organ? How how well organized is your organization? How do they act? How do they uh, uh, present themselves? 
are they, is it a bunch of kids running the show or is it, you know, is it, uh, you know, uh, is it some adults that are running the show because we have standards and I, I realize that, that, you know, we, we run the, we, we run the gamut in the, in the ACHA from, you know, programs. We've talked about this before, Scott, where you can look at the top 20 programs and you can give me the, the name of a, of a team. And I can tell you the person running that program and they've been doing it for years. You just mentioned Liberty and Kirk Candy class guy class organization they do things the right way um you look at oregon yeah what have they done i mean they made regionals they lost in the first game at regionals you know or something along those lines um did they make it to nationals nah i mean sure they've got a great uniform and i'm not i'm not running them down i'm sure they're doing great but what i'm, I'm just trying to say there's more to being men's division one than just having the label men's division one. We're not looking to add teams just for the sake of adding teams. We don't need warm bodies. We have 70 teams and we have top teams and we have teams that are number 70. We don't need number 71. So if you're looking to join the men's division one ranks, you should Number one, be competitive on and off the ice. You should have a great organization. You should have a conference that you should be able to, that is willing to take you in. I don't think the days, I, I think, honestly, the days of independent folks joining are gone right now. I think Toledo and Jamestown were probably the two last teams that will join as independents. Um, the MCH and the WHAC were created um, because these teams needed a place to go, but they didn't have a conference that would take them in. So they created the, their own conferences. So Oregon doesn't have a conference that's going to take it right now. Uh, same thing with San Diego State, same thing with Texas A&M. So I think after a couple of years of consistently going to regionals or nationals, more importantly, and having success on that level to show that not only are you quality on the ice you're one of the top teams in men's division two and then when you get out on the road and for lack of a better term kiss the ring and you go play las vegas or you go play arizona state or you go play utah or whoever and you don't get your butt handed to you you're actually in those games and you're scaring them you're making them pucker up a little bit then i think you're you, you've got D1 quality on the ice. You've got D1 quality off the ice. And then let's have a serious conversation about, you know, can we open up the uh, conference to maybe some more expansion? So um, is, it, is it fair to say, Chris, that what Oregon's doing right now is maybe trying to take that first baby step to test the waters and see what they have by uh, playing the Grand Canyon? Because I know, like Danny said, they're going to play the, the D1 team on, like, Thursday night and then play either Friday or Saturday or maybe both against the D2 team afterwards? Um, yeah. Is that a I, testing I, of the water? No, it, it absolutely is. And I, and I think they're doing it the, you know, they're doing it the right way. I mean, they're, they're taking um, the, some of the advice that I gave them to heart, which is good, you know, get out on the road and let's see what you got. Um, and I think San Diego state's going to do the same thing. I, I think they might be trying to get some games with either U of A or ASU. Um, so let's, you know, let's see what you got. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's the first step. And if they can hang, then um, 
you know, then let's, especially then if they beat it, can you imagine if Oregon comes down to beat Green Canyon, what's the next thing Danny's <laughs> going to want to do? He's going to want to get on a flight to Eugene and go kill him the next week, right? <laughs> exactly. So, well, I mean, that, it, that's what you do. And so it, it's, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. And they're, they're doing it. They're starting off the right way. You know, Oregon's going to have – Oregon has another thing that San Diego State doesn't have, and that's a, a geography factor. Oregon is, what, 14 hours away from Salt Lake? So they're – you know, the West is – I always joke that the West is not our friend from a geographic standpoint. Our, or geography is not our friend here in the WCHL. And Oregon is definitely, I mean, if, if, if the, the five teams on the west side of the WCHL are, are any indication, I mean, we've got three in the Valley, basically, and then Vegas right. and then Utah. And now then you're talking about adding, I mean, San Diego is not too terribly bad. What's that, three hours away? But uh, then you're looking. Uh, yeah, you're at, you're wishing uh, maybe four. <laughs> okay, about, four. But, but four, it's not. But it's yeah, not four, twelve. Four and a half. No, it's not twelve. No. It's not fourteen, and it's not out in the middle of, you know, uh, East Nowhere State. So, I, I give a chuckle on that because uh, we also added the Pacific Division of the AHL to our coverage area, uh, yeah. and the thought was, oh, that'll be easy. It's uh, the farthest we'll have to go will be. San Jose, and I've got a guy now uh, working with me in uh, L.A. So, hey, I won't be too bad. Steven won't have to make the trip to San Jose uh, very often. And then uh, the AHL <laughs> pulls one out and says, we're going to add Abbotsford, uh, British Columbia, <laughs> to the Pacific Division. We better get our passports <laughs> renewed. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Rob Rob does have his passport and his passport card, so he's excited about going to Abbotsford. Oh, good. <laughs> good. We'll have him be our Abbotsford correspondent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, California is a real big state, top to bottom. So uh, yeah, I can't imagine adding a team out of BC. But wow, the Abbotsford—is it the Abbotsford Heat? Uh, no, I don't know what they—they're—they're. They're That's what the, they were. That's what they were. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're part of the Vancouver, so I don't think they're going to be competing okay. with the Stockton Heat, uh, which is uh, in existence right now. Go ahead, yeah, Stephen. I've, I've kind of hogged the show. <laughs> Abbotsford. Well, and I've hogged the show. I apologize. Abbotsford Heat was the old Calgary Flames farm team. So. Yeah, and then they went to Stockton, and then yeah. uh, and then Vancouver got Abbotsford from Utica. Wow, there you go. Look at you. All right, Casablanca kid, what do you got for me? <laughs> well, let me just get – no, I'm just gonna, I was going to joke him at the pool, but no, I'm sitting in the hotel room. But I was at the pool earlier today, and it was very nice uh, today down at the pool. So, um, <laughs> You know, that, that's that's the thing. Powers would – he would just infuriate me because we'd get on these FaceTime calls and recruiting calls – and, you know, we're all sitting in our office or we're sitting, you know, somewhere. And he's out with the pool and you can see the sprinkler in the background. And, you know, he's flip-flops and shades. He's Mr. Big Time. And I, that would just, just well, rankle me so badly. And I would just well, give him so much heck. Well, they have a nice little waterfall thing here. So I was at, I had my summer skate sandals on. You know, it was nice. It was, uh, it was good. So, nice. uh, well, good job. Nice <laughs> uh, anyways, so let me. We're kind of going along what we've been talking about. I, I, I'm kind of my thought on it is kind of like that. It's when it, when you're trying to decide, and you talked a lot about the process of getting a team to Division One. But my take on it would be, and tell me if this is a fair point or not, that that you, if all these teams that are really good at D two just make the jump to D one, well then the D two the level of level of hockey at D two goes away. So it's it's almost beneficial for the league to kind of keep a a, t a good talent pool of teams at D two as well as D1 to help with the balance of the league. So I mean, is that, is no that fair in that? Is that fair in that I, assessment? I, 
I think that's dead on. I think that's I think that's absolutely dead on. And what you know what we're saying is, if you're one of those consistent butt kickers at Division Two, like for instance Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, if they when they play Division Two, they've won what the Division Two national championship three out of the last four years, and they've I think they played for it the the, the one year they didn't win it. They've shown consistently they can play at an elite level at their division, at their level. Um, so they would be a prime candidate to move up. Now, for whatever reason, there's not a conference that wants to take them. Imagine that because there's no ACHA Division One conference near Florida, right? The closest <laughs> right. one is that one that Liberty just got out of, the Eastern States League. Right. So, um, uh, But they would be a prime example. Look at the most recent uh, uh, Grand Valley State. Got admitted to division uh, from division two to division one last year. Well, they had consistently former national champion at the division two level, and they played for the national championship for a couple of years at the division two level. So yeah, um, you, you you just don't want to accept any Tom, Dick, and Harry because you want to make sure that you're accepting good folks, but you're also you're, you're right, Stephen. You want to make sure that that uh, you're, you're not emptying out the cupboard at the Division Two level either, right? You want to keep the quality of competition um, uh, going there. And then there's lots of other um, there's you know there's every team has its own little peccadillos. You know there are certain teams that can't play on Sunday. Well, at our national tournament, we have our our uh, no our semi no our quarterfinals on Sunday. What are you going to do there? I mean, yeah, you know, so you got to figure out, do you want to play men's one and play on Sunday again, go against your restrictions or do you want to hang at the division two level where they take Sunday off? You know? Yeah. So it's, there's all sorts of issues, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that's a great assessment. Okay. So let me, let me turn real quick to, to this, to the schedule. Now, obviously you, we had schedules kind of prepared for last season that obviously didn't really pan out. So yep. and is it pretty much now you're just rolling it over to this season? How is it looking? Some of the teams are getting ready to release this because I know UNLV is going to unveil theirs this Friday. Grand Canyon kind of put theirs out there, at least who they're playing and home and away. Um, so is, when we had you on last year, I think I remember you were saying that, you know, you, the, how you're formatting the schedule. Is the schedule pretty much going to look very similar to what was going to be last season, now this season, or how is that looking out? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was – Yes, the answer is yes. And now, in terms of the dates, you know that had to change around. Part of the, you know, part of the growing pains of having adding three new teams to the conference is having them know how how we operate. And so we, I try to get our conference schedule to everybody by you know mid to late October, and um, uh, so that they can. That way they can, you know, most people at the Division One level, their schedule is done by December. Um, they feel, you know, I'd like to give it to folks um, early in October so they can use the November, December timeframe to basically fill in, um, you know, the empty weekends with non-conference games if they want or to uh, do nothing. We had so, this to, is, so this is 2021. So you're talking uh, December of 2020, obviously, where they're already kind of have their schedules planned out for oh, yeah. the following season, not yeah, far in advance. Yeah. No, no, I had to, you know, we had some growing pains with UNLV because he had, after I put the conference schedule together, I got a, 
uh, Mr. Greener, Coach Greener, sent me a text and said, uh, hey, we got some issues. I already have these games on the schedule. And I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to you, – you, you did it backwards. Um, you, know, you, you get the conference schedule first, and then you fill in the blanks. So we had to go back and do some uh, – uh, we had to be nimble, and we had to do some readjustment. And so that schedule, if UNLV is putting out their schedule this Friday, you're going to see that they are pl basically playing every single weekend. Um, because there's not a whole lot of weekends off. We, so, we filled it. I filled it up for him. So, so let uh, me let me throw this one at you from the opposite side of things. Chad said down at uh, U of A, he's not going to be able to get his out till like July because he's having issues with the Roadrunners and the TCC at getting uh, game times that are acceptable to him and to them. Um, yep. So how much of a wrench does that throw into things? Well, it, it, it throws a wrench. It, it, it definitely throws a wrench into things. Um, you know, building the schedule is, is it's, it's a, it, it, it has its, it has its moments of joy. It's always good when, you know, when the puzzle comes together, but it also has its, its painful moments. And in each, with U of A, I always have to deal with the possibility of building conflicts because we put our schedule together in October, November, December of the year before. So basically nine months ahead of anything. Well, the AHL won't release their schedule until July. And then the city, uh, you know, especially with in, in U of A's particular uh, uh, instance, you know, they rent the place out to concerts and shows. The gem show comes in and steals the place for three weeks every year. And so we always have to work around that kind of stuff. And who knows, maybe, um, you know, Huba Stank or Sinbad is going to be playing a Friday night <laughs> concert in there. We have to work around those stupid things too. At, at ASU. Uh, just just play at 11 a.m. Just play at 11 a.m. and then cover up the ice. Yeah, yeah. That, then that really, you know, that's. Chad, that if you're listening, things. if you're listening, that was directed for you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's no fun. At ASU, I have to worry about the NCAA program because I, we, we can't. You know, I, I kind of, there are times when I kind of get a sneak peek at, at their upcoming schedule. So I know to, you know, schedule around them. Um, and, and so, um, because if, if I put an NCAA, if I put an ACHA game on the same date that an NCAA game is going on, um, you know, the NCAA game obviously takes precedence. And then that means the ACHA game there at Oceanside won't get going until about 11 o'clock at night, and they won't even be able to get into their room until, you know, maybe 1045. So that's not, uh, that's not prime. So I, I have to worry about conflicts there. At Vegas, um, you know, I, I guess now there's possibility of playing games in Henderson as well as at City National. And there's uh, Utah and Colorado both have uh, – football conflicts because their ranks are r literally right next to their football stadium. So on Pac-12 football Saturdays, uh, we can't have a game um, because, you know, the, the, the parking lot will be full of football fans. And so uh, and they wouldn't get and they, and they wouldn't be getting anybody that would go to the games. You know, the part of it is you want to try to drive people to go to the games. And if you've got a big football game in the Pac-12, you know, that's going to take away a lot of att yeah. attendance for their games. Well, you can't even get the bus to the rink to get the well, team to true, the game. True, true, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, so it's 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 a it's a mess. 
And so in Missouri State, it doesn't have the problem now, but it used to have the problem. Central Oklahoma has the problem now where, you, where you, they're sharing a rink with the junior team. And so we have to, uh, uh, you know, worry sometimes about conflicts with those guys. So building the schedule is, it's, it's fun, it's a puzzle, uh, but it definitely has its, its ups and its downs. But um, uh, yeah, I'm, it, I, I tried to basically take the schedule that we had this past season and um, just, you know, I had to, the parts moved, every part moved, trust me, but the concept is still the same. Everybody in each division plays home and home against one another. Everybody has one crossover trip to the other division, and everybody has one crossover trip hosting someone from the other division. So we should have, uh, what does that give me, 16? I think it gives us 20 games total. Okay, so, so my final question for you, uh, yep. Chris, is that, um, when we look at this upcoming season, which we hoped would have been last season, uh, five teams in the West, five teams in the East, uh, conference tournament uh, on the horizon or no conference tournament? Just uh, just go with what you got. No conference tournament. Again, geography is not our friend. Um, I can't honestly ask Coach Berman, Coach Greener, Coach Miller, Coach Rivera, uh, Coach Toller. I can't ask those guys to spend money to go somewhere for an event that will not, um, that won't, won't, you know, for lack of a better word, it just won't, or better phrase, it won't mean anything. So I would much rather they spend their money and go to nationals. Um, so no, if it turns out um, that we have a, uh, if it turns out, you know, that, you know, that we have another goofy season like we just had this past season, um, where the conference winner, you know, is the only team that gets to go to nationals, then, yeah, we might have a, a playoff. But if we're going to be all systems go like we've been for uh, previous seasons, I would much rather have, you know, five or six teams from the WCHL, uh, you know, make it to nationals and save that money to travel to St. Louis this year, Boston the following year, and who knows where years you know years after that so no playoff for the immediate future geography again not our friend in the west let me ask one other thing uh we talked about buildings uh colorado we we knew that with the with the rec center is is that going to be uh resolved for this season are they going to have ice in there and they'll get from what you understand this upcoming season it's, it's my it's my understanding the rec center will indeed have ice and uh it's going to have a little um facelift in terms of uh you know, some of the paint was peeling from in there, and so I think they've got some of that those issues resolved. And so, yeah, as far as I'm told, the uh, good folks of Boulder are going to be uh, back in action there at the CE Rec Center. What a great place! It's a cold place to play, but man, what a great <laughs> I, I was place. just going to say that. Yes, I, I was uh, on a trip with UNLV a couple seasons ago, and one of my my lasting memories is how cold it was in that in that rink. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was where I was bundled up in a very thick jacket, and it was. It was pretty chilly, but yeah, it's a nice facility, though. As you said, right there by the football field, and uh, I think Scott, you took a tour of it too. It's it's a nice place, and uh, it's uh, it's you know everything's there with right there on campus, so it's cool. It's it's intimidating when you walk through the the rec center to get to the <laughs> rink how? because and now you have to go through all these folks that are on the bikes or climbing rocks or in the pool <laughs> or playing basketball or judo or. I, I was there once, and there was a massive ping pong tournament. There was a just a bunch of folks that were playing 
to me, it looked like Olympic level ping pong. I mean, they were getting after it and they were, you know, standing back 20 feet from the table and just nailing that thing. <laughs> and then I, I've also been there when there was a drag show. And so during it, it, on the, on the volleyball court. And so, um, during intermissions, you know, I'm over there at the drag show watching all these folks, these great performers, you know, sing village people songs. I mean, it was, and the thing with the bass was just thumping. So I'm, I'm glad that the rec center is going to be back in action. And I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to some normalcy. Well, and let me just, one last thing on this is we've talked about this before, but the, this league, and now you're adding the three teams, the venues for some of these teams is great. And I, I think it's probably the, a league that probably has some of the best places to play. There's some other that are not in the league that in the ACHA that have great venues, but just I've been able to be to some, you know, with UNLV and the one in Utah and, and certainly uh, Arizona and, uh, and just the different places are. It's, it's, it makes for quite a good atmosphere when, when these teams travel to different places within, within, the, within the league, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the benefits of the WCHL, and obviously I'm a huge proponent of it, is the fact that we have great rinks and we also have great towns that are hosting. I mean, Oceanside might be a dump, but it's a great dump, and it's in a great town. But they're going to be getting a new place, and maybe the ACHA team will get to play there too, so they'll have a, good, they'll have a, a new place there on the horizon. Stephen, Stephen, there's no maybe about it. They're gonna play in that new place. Oh, I'm sure. When it happens, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, Tucson is a great place, and it's a great. It, the, the TCC is awesome, and it's a great town. Right. Uh, the the rink in, in Fort Collins might be a little bit of a dump, <laughs> but it's uh, but Fort Collins is a great town. Yeah. You know the the rink in Edmond where UCO plays, it might be a little bit of a dump. But man, what a great atmosphere! When those students get rocking and rolling in there, it's a, it's just electric. When and that's sure part of it stays. too—not just the building itself, but the the fans coming in and the, yes. the atmosphere it brings. Because those are the kinds of games that the players can really get get up for when they're when they're in those kind of environments. Look at City National when ASU and U yeah. of A come to town; the place is full, and that yeah, almost know. every game they have there is is filled. You know, in yeah. normal times, so it's it's pretty. Well, so amazing. I mean, you're playing you're playing in a great facility. It looks like medieval times in there. And you got a full house, and you know it's it's you're, you're playing great hockey. I mean, what more can you ask for? It's awesome. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to some getting back to some normalcy. Yeah, I I knock on wood on that because I think things are starting to get there when you see what's happening in the NHL right now, uh, with buildings being full or nearly full. So I think we're getting there. I'm excited about the WCHL, obviously, Chris. Uh, um, we've got a page up uh, now that we're starting to put some stuff on. So. Anything that you would like publicized from our end, please reach out to me and, and send me those because uh, I love doing those stories. You know that. Well, I appreciate that, Scott, and I appreciate your you and Stephen uh, doing this podcast and having me on and coming on to my cheesy podcast every now and then and then uh, promoting our conference. The, 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 the nice thing about the ACHA is uh, these are true student athletes playing literally for the love of the game. And there, it's it's a great story, and it's it's something that where these guys don't get enough credit for their sacrifice and the time and energy that they put into their sport. And finances, financial too, financial too. Oh, oh, absolutely. And so for you two to be shining a spotlight on these guys and for doing the great job that you're doing, 
Um, I can't, I, I, you know, it's very much appreciated. And I, I thank you tremendously for taking time out of your lives and 7,786 miles out of your life. 7,662, my friend. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and a trip to Mesquite, Nevada, you know, to talk ACHA college club hockey in the middle of June. I mean, it's it's pretty friggin' awesome, and so I can't thank you guys enough for uh, supporting the the Western Collegiate League and the ACHA. Uh, we can't wait to uh, to see it on the product on the ice. We've been waiting now way too long. It's almost uh, eighteen. It'll be almost twenty twenty two months, something like yeah. that. Just ridiculous. But you, you uh, know, Scott, when we started this podcast, when, when you started these podcasts and we started doing this club one, we we really haven't had any. I mean, we had a little bit of the twenty nineteen twenty season wrap up but we haven't really had any any of our teams <laughs> games. we haven't really had any games and stuff so this will be this will, we're, we're fingers crossed we're hoping that we finally will we'll have some action that we can really deep dive into into these teams hey, yeah if there's, absolutely, one, Chris. If there's one thing the wchl will provide it's hard hitting fast-paced action so get oh, ready boys and, Strap and on, get ready it's coming and, and the final thing i want to throw out there chris is that uh the class act that you lead under this group is uh you know, when you see them travel and they and they go through airports or on their buses and they're in eating, and I've had the pleasure of traveling with the Arizona, and I, I'd like to travel and do some inside story stuff with teams down the road, but uh, they dress well, they're they're well-mannered, and uh, and that starts at the top, and I think you said that uh, right with the teams trying to get in. Uh, you got to have that first. Yeah, you got to have that culture, right? You got to have that culture of I belong here as opposed to, you know, I've got this label and because I have this label, it makes me so. No, you've got to live it. You've got to breathe it. You've got to exude it with every step of and fiber of your being. And um, that's what everybody from Coach Berman all the way to Coach Law, from Coach Toller all the way down to Coach Miller, um, you know, that's what they do. That's why it's so easy to help out in this conference because we've got Right now, nine and a half, I think, great leaders. Not only a half because I don't think CSU actually has a head coach uh, just yet, but I think they will soon. And so it's it's easy to help out some really good people. And, and like you say, the kids are great for the most part. We don't have a lot of uh, jerks and a lot of uh, uh, you know juvenile delinquents. We're, we got a bunch of really good kids who are interested in getting their degree and moving on with life, but playing some competitive college hockey at the highest level um in the wchl and that's I'm, I'm i'm happy to be a part of it and it it makes my job as uh as the dumb commish so much easier when you've got good people to work with so. chris we appreciate your time as always uh we got to have you back on again before the season starts so we can figure out this whole schedule thing and how everything's going to work out but uh enjoy the rest of the summer uh get some trips up to colorado in so you can get uh into that altitude and get used to that too Yep, I appreciate. It. I'm going to go hit, hit another couple of breweries in another month or so. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful to you two for your patience with me and my microphone issues. I'm glad that Stephen finally got it resolved for me and figured it out this time. So that uh, Stephen, maybe you're going to be maybe the miracle is yours and not mine. But uh, I'll, I'm just glad you got it worked out this time. It just took a trip to Mesquite to, to have everything resolved. There you go. Now, now you know oh, what you got to do next time. Go to Casablanca, yeah. and I'll be back. <laughs> All right, that's Chris Perry, the commissioner of the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, always great stuff. Uh, I think we learned a whole bunch again. Stephen and I are going to take a quick break. We'll come right back with uh, 
uh, a wrap-up of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States.
All right, we're back. We're running late, but uh, Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Stephen Marsh up in beautiful Mesquite, Nevada tonight, uh, taking a little vacay while still working. So I guess we call it a working vacation. Stephen, uh, we don't have much time because we're way over as we go, but uh, in the next two minutes, give me a quick breakdown of Chris Perry and some of the things you heard from him tonight. Well, you know, as he as he always does, he always brings great insight, and and I – we, we talked a lot about the the process of getting to division one and, and what, what it takes for teams to do that. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's quite a process, you know, it's, you have to show yourself, you have to, you have to be able to um, be determined to, to get to that level and, and perform on the ice and, and have that. So that's important. Also just, just the health of this league, this league is uh, WCHL and, and uh, not planning on expanding anytime soon. They just expanded, brought the three teams in that are in now. And, and of course, we haven't had a season with them in yet. So we'll have, you know, we got to give a few years to see how, how it goes. But um, how exciting this is going to be this, this upcoming season and, and just the talent of these teams and what they're doing to build their rosters um, is going to make this a fun, competitive season um, from just about every team, even maybe a team like CSU that might you know, maybe being the, the, the team that will be in the rebuilding mode. But um, it's it's going to be good hockey, and it's it's going to be exciting. And, and it was great to have him on. And, and yeah. Well, he, he always gives me a couple of nuggets. And uh, I thought the fact that Oregon is now making their move, if you will, all, albeit a baby step towards uh, trying to get to the next level, that's a positive thing. I also think, uh, you know, whoever this coach is that he's hoping to get at, in at Colorado yeah. State, is, is going to be exciting news and, and just seeing all the teams on the ice. So um, great show. I know we have a bunch of other stuff we could have gotten into. We'll try to do that again next week, but yep. uh, keep an eye on the website, keep an eye on uh, the social media followings and uh, stay tuned with us next Wednesday when we'll have another great guest and, and talk some more club hockey. Take it away, my friend. Yeah. Just note the uh, UNLV signs um, uh, got some commits. We'll talk about that next week. Also their schedules due out. Uh, this week too. So look to the UNLV Rebel Hockey social media pages. Uh, I believe Friday they're planning on. We thought it was gonna be last Friday, but it sounds like this Friday is when they're gonna release their schedule. So look for that, and maybe next week we'll break that down. Maybe it's even possible we'll get somebody from UNLV to, to talk about their schedule and maybe some of their players that they're bringing on. But uh, if some, at least if not next week, somewhere down the road. But those are some things to look for coming up uh, real soon here. As we tell you now that Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, big city feel, intimate setting, a first-class education, and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to canciontequila.com to get your bottle today. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, I had them on today. Summer's coming, and Ice is going to need some help. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Uh, the University of Arizona. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, 
recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. Enjoy the uh, rest of the stay up there, and uh, don't get too sunburnt. Uh, I did that when I went to the beach in. in uh, I put on my LA sunscreen there. today, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. It was only in the nineties today here. Well, if it was like it was last week, you know, where it was like 108, 109, it would have been really sizzling. But today was actually very uh, comfortable out there, so I'm hoping I didn't get too sunburnt. All right, I'm headed to Vegas tomorrow morning, so uh, right. maybe we'll see you up there. Uh, the Golden Knights. That's right, to, big. Uh, that's right, big game six. Right to after finish off the Avalanche. Right after you predicted that the Avs were going to win that game three and they were going to go sixteen and zero and cruise to the Stanley no, Cup. No, they haven't. Oh, oh, stop a minute! Stop a minute! I didn't predict anything. I said, no. You you asked if that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, I asked a question. I said if they win game three, right. will they go sixteen? That's right. You didn't predict it. Cup. You just um, put it out there. You put it out yeah. there as a question. So so, Mr. Foley, if you want to send me a check for uh, putting the <laughs> The uh, the whammy on the Avalanche that would be great because uh, uh, they haven't uh, Golden Knights haven't lost since I uh, made that uh, that that question public. <laughs> there you go. Take credit for it, Scott. Take credit for it. We I, all of Vegas born nation will uh, will be thank will thank you if, if they can finish it tomorrow on uh, T Mobile Arena Ice. I just hope they come on T Mobile Ice tomorrow with uh, with those nice gold helmets to finish it off. Wouldn't that be sweet? Finish well, off in gold. Oh, well, right. <laughs> that would really right. test that would really test the superstitions. Uh, all right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and ask you to tune in Sunday night for College Hockey Southwest Live. Uh, and next week, Stephen and I will be back with another great show. Have a good night, everybody. Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>